Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Manpenner, and unfortunately, both Jeremiah and Jamil could not make it out for this one, so we have an extra special sub filling in uh, in the role of co-host. We have a special treat for you all. It's Mr. Garth Newton. How's it going, Garth? Not too bad, sir. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, thanks for, for being on the show. Well, whatever we can do to make this thing work. Excellent. Uh, that's what I like to hear. Uh, obviously, we can we can jump right into this and start talking about all the important matchups that uh, have happened recently. But first, I know all our listeners are dying to hear this. Can we get a, an update on your kid? Uh, well, I mean, we're smack dab in the middle of the, the, the terrible threes, as it were. Not to be confused with the terrible twos or what I'm sure will be the unforgiving fours. But uh, she tantrums just like her father always has, except she has the... Uh, We'll just say the emotional assassin skills of her mother. So when she's not making you cry, she's making you laugh, and she can flip that switch on the moment's notice. Mm, that's that's a potent power. Yeah, we're all doomed. <laughs> uh, good to know. That's something to uh, watch out for. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we've got some exciting fantasy baseball matchups that we can talk about here. Uh, and we obviously have to start with Week 20, uh, which was the week that was going to determine everything, whose dreams were made, whose dreams were crushed. Uh, and we can start off with what had to be the matchup of the week, the only matchup with two teams right on the cusp of the playoffs, uh, and that would be your matchup, Garth. Uh, you were taking mm. on Ian in a, a crucial battle. Uh, the stakes were, were very high, but you ended up pulling out a win, 211.4 to 192.1. How did that feel to uh, to win this matchup? Uh, I mean, obviously we'll get into some of the other matchups later on, but uh, kind of bittersweet knowing that this really just clinched the first overall in the Europa. Spoiler, I suppose. But uh, um, honestly, it's 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 good. It's what my team does basically every week, you know, somewhere in the 210 to 240 mark almost every single week. Um, not, not too surprising. Um, yeah, Ian just couldn't quite get to the up to that level this week. Uh, when we faced each other a couple of weeks ago, he clearly did, and uh, quite possibly was the 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 single result that kept me out of the playoffs overall. Because obviously, being twelve and seven would uh, would have had me right in there. So bittersweet, but uh, you know, happy to have at least finished on a high note, and uh, I guess ride that wave into you know, the second best playoff championships that, that we have here. Mm-hmm. I mean, all things considered, if you uh, you can't be in the playoffs, you might as well be number one in Europa. Uh, but like you said, this was sort of right in your team's wheelhouse of sort of low to, to mid 200s. You've been incredibly consistent this season. You've been one of the most uh, consistent teams in that regard. Is that something out, uh, that, that consistency, is that something you set out to achieve or is it just sort of a, a fluke that's happened? Um. I mean, I was definitely looking for more consistency this year. Last year was a bit of a roller coaster ride when I would have, you know, scores slightly higher than this, but then, you know, a dozen scores significantly lower. Um, I mean, from a tactics point of view, ostensibly, I was trying to get to sort of a, we'll just say about a 210 minimum, and then allowing to, or sorry, allowing the team to have spikes that would go higher. It's just quite frankly, not a lot of spikes happened. So, um, that was one of the advantages of the um, 
the bullpen strategy specifically was that I had run my numbers in the in the preseason and and early couple of weeks and you know for me it came out that this was the easiest way to sort of get to that lower level that the sort of consistency in the bullpen of you know getting that sort of 18 to 25 points per player every single week it just you know it really made for a strong base to try and build off of and some weeks i built and other weeks i didn't mhm yeah well and you make a good point you have to have that foundation so it's uh, interesting that in your your number crunching you found the bullpen was the most efficient way to do this uh, now back to the, the matchup, obviously this was important for Ian too. If he'd won, he would have had a, a shot at the postseason. I mean, were you concerned about this matchup in particular? Was Ian a team that worried you or did you feel that it was maybe one of the, the easier matchups you could have had? Um, I mean, I actually thought it was a, a pretty, pretty fair matchup. Uh, on the whole, just because he had already beat me with basically identical lineups a couple weeks ago, uh, just before the trade deadline. There, um, that being said, he was a he was another one of those very spiky teams, and he'd been riding a high to to get within reach, which is impressive in its own right, and not to be uh, not to be diminished by any stretch. But um, like, I, I think there were weaker owners I could have gone against this week. I, I know there are stronger owners that I could have gone against this week, so. I don't know. When you got two ten and eight teams going at it, you kind of hope for a, a battle that's reasonably close. And this one was only twenty points apart, so kind of lived up like that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. As as someone who was doing a lot of scoreboard watching, it was a, a back and forth battle that came down to the very end. So you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, you already sort of tipped this a little bit, uh, which is you know perfectly fine. But uh, despite the win, you were kept out of the playoffs because. In another crucial matchup, it was Jathish who beat Respect for the Game by a score of 220.7 to 124.6 for Respect. So it was a, a good win by a, a healthy margin for Rock and Jath. And now he claims the eighth and final playoff seed. Uh, Garth, what are your thoughts about, about this matchup and about Jathish's team in general? Uh, if you actually look back through the years, Jathish tends to be almost my nemesis. I mean... You know, obviously, I I go toe to toe with Jeremiah to bet every opportunity that I get. But uh, for whatever reason, Jathish seems to be that one guy that's just got my number every year. And even though it didn't come head to head, he still managed to find my number in the hat and pull it straight out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are all kinds of little rivalries like that, uh, and in the Flex Fox Fantasy Federation. Uh, do you think Jathish is deserving of a playoff spot based on his roster and his performance this season? Well, I mean, he finished at 11 and 8. Um, 11 and 8 was obviously the minimum number needed to get into the playoffs. So anyone that can reach 11 wins in 19 attempts, that's that's easily something that's worthy of, of a playoff position. Um, you know, it, the wins that he got mattered a little bit more than the ones that I got, obviously, due to the tiebreakers and the like. But uh, I, I figure anybody that can get in there deserves to be in there. And by that same token, the uh, the bottom three, four teams have the ability to take down the, the top three, four teams in any given week as well. So absolutely, he deserves it. And congratulations. Congratulations to him indeed. Uh, a little bit interesting from the Respect for the Game perspective. This is the second consecutive week that Respect for the Game has sort of had a, a real down week. 
And earlier in the season, it was just a similar to your team, a real model of consistency that was uh, putting a scare into owners on a weekly basis. So it's a little interesting, I think, to see the team finish on on two down regular season weeks, uh, considering that if it had performed like it had earlier in the season, it could have been a, a real threat to Jathish putting up 220. Yeah. And I mean, I was really surprised by, by the numbers. Like this was way out of left field um, as far as what I, what I've seen respect for the game do this, this season. And once I saw that, that there were like the full seven games started and basically a full roster all week, it was kind of crazy. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, and uh, sometimes the slump hits at a bad time, and uh, I guess that's the case here. Respect for the game, just losing uh, points uh, at a time when you really don't want to be doing that. So too bad for that franchise. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess he's got something to look forward to, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there are some things. Namely, he doesn't have to run this team next year. Mm-hmm. And someone else gets to inherit it and trying to continue on this legacy it's been building. Uh, we have the other playoff matchup, though, that we can talk about. The This one, uh, I think it became evident very quickly. It was going to be more a question of playoff seeding, uh, but it was the matchup between Ryan Neeson and RKR. Uh, RKR trying to summon a little more voodoo magic to, to knock down Ryan uh, one more time, but it was not meant to be. Ryan does complete the improbable comeback uh, and make the playoffs. Uh, he wins this matchup 273.2 to 180.1 for RKR. So another healthy margin and a good point total for Ryan. What do you think about Ryan's season sort of writ large? I mean, he started off slow, but he had a, a tremendous comeback to end the year. Yep. Uh, lots of respect for anyone that can sort of reproduce my first half of the season and the second half when it clearly meant more. Um, truth be told, I thought uh, I thought I had his number of as and and basically this playoff spot when uh, when I beat him head to head earlier in the season. But uh, yep, did that took away his best closer and it didn't make a bit of difference. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think Ryan obviously had a, a very interesting season where he, on paper he looked like a, a very good team right out the gate and then he lost and then he won, but then he lost some more. So uh, he really did need to go 5-0 and over the, pa- the the five weeks following the All-Star break to make it. And he did do that, so full kudos to him. But uh, I think it's a little bit interesting to see just how, how sort of streaky his team was this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting... Bumgarner back end useful is second to none as far as this team's was concerned. And it actually helped him deal with something of a downturn that Barrios has had over the last, again, three or four weeks by his own right. Um, but that offense is not to be trifled with. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how he's going to do in the playoffs actual. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the, the interesting thing is that he now has the longest current win streak in the uh the flex fox fantasy federation uh, with jeremiah obviously mm-hmm. taking that loss uh he comes in with a, sort of the hottest hand to the playoffs and uh that can be a real advantage if your your team is clicking like that absolutely uh now from rkr's perspective this wasn't uh, quite as meaningful a matchup obviously he uh he had had lost sufficiently before that he doesn't really have a, a shot of making the playoffs at this point but what would sort of your overall analysis be of RKR's season? He finishes the regular season six and thirteen. Uh, there were some people at the start of the season who thought he might be a fringe playoff contender. There were some highs and lows, but a pretty down season overall for him. 
Yep. Uh, it's. I, I did feel that he was definitely playing over his skis last year, um, and everybody pointed it out, be it the the quality of the competition from week to week, be it the the points that he was putting up, not being you know at elite levels. Um, this year was, I don't know. I think this was an overcorrection, uh, well past regressing to the mean. Um, that being said, he's got a good young core that are eminently capable. The pitching staff could use a little bit of work. I mean, I, I don't know how long you can really trust Julio Tehran to be useful going forward from year to year to year. But, you know, Vince Velasquez looks like he's going to be decent. Clevenger was amazing all season and shows no reason that he couldn't do that going forward. And then, like I said, the offense is is filled with the kinds of young studs that uh, that good quality championship-worthy teams are built out of going forward. So, I mean, 6-13, and 13, like I said, you know, a, a pretty hard regression past what was expected. Um, you know, I was thinking something more in the eight, nine win mark felt, felt more realistic. Um, but I mean, he's, he's got the good core and there's no reason to think that he, he can't be pushing for a playoff spot next year. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, uh, with the advantage of a, a good draft pick, perhaps uh, he might be able to turn things around in quick haste. So uh, that's a, a good way of looking at RKR situation. Uh, with Ryan's win, that made it an interesting question over who was going to win twice the division uh, because Cam uh, obviously was only one game ahead of Ryan and did not have the tiebreaker on him. Uh, so he could have lost the division here uh, if he had lost his matchup against Aiden. Uh, alas, that did not happen. Uh, Cam managed to see this one out 205.5 to 133.1 for Aiden. So a win for Cam and a win that secured the division for him, but I don't think a, a win that's going to inspire a lot of confidence in his team heading into the playoffs. Yeah, probably not, um, but a win is a win is a win. It gets him the title. I saw someone on Slack today point out that this is the first time that Ryan hasn't won the division, which I thought was rather interesting as well. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the mighty have fallen, though, because he was the consensus number one two weeks into the season and just watched that fall away. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think when you look at Cam's team, I mean, there's just uh, a lot of question marks, especially in the pitching. He doesn't have sort of the, the consistency that he would need, and a lot of his starters have uh, had some struggles this season. And so uh, it seems like it's either one thing or the other for Cam. He had struggles with his bats earlier in the season, but ha- really has turned the corner on that. But now his pitching is sort of uh, giving up down the stretch, and that's affecting his overall point totals. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what uh, what Charlie Morton and Kyle Gibson are going to be able to combine to do uh, during our respective playoffs. And then his bullpen is still good enough. It's not as as big and mean as it's been in the past, obviously, but I mean, Archie Bradley is still a stud. Blake Parker has come out of nowhere. He's got the guys that can turn it on, and he's going to be good competition for any one he faces going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Cam does in his first playoff matchup against Ryan. Uh, from Aiden's perspective, though, this was obviously a, a less meaningful matchup. Uh, he basically secured a spot in the Vaz here. But, uh, I mean, there's a chance that in the Vaz competition, anything can happen. And he could be the, the one of the four that walks away with the first overall draft pick. Uh, how would you uh, sort of assess his roster heading into that competition? Um. I mean, his pitching is is legit. I I really like seeing what uh, what Pavetta can do, what Musgrove has done, what Tyler Glasnow is doing in in Tampa Bay is. I'm excited. Um, 
we'll we'll see how that works out. The offense the offense is part old and part broken, and sometimes it's part old and broken at the same time. Um, I mean, it it feels like it's a boss team. Absolutely, if things break right, you know, maybe he can uh, sort of repeat what Ian, Ian did last year. Sorry, and pull something out of the hat. Mm-hmm. No, I I think it's very possible that there's a, a big turnaround here. Uh, while we're speaking about the, the Vaz competition, we should do a, a check-in with some of the other teams potentially involved. Uh, we had Jeffrey Lim, who was on the cusp of a, a Vaz berth. He could have ended up in Europa, could have ended up in the Vase. Uh, he was taking on Richard Tillo, uh, and he lost. Uh, Tillo put up 261.9 to 122 for Lim. Uh, so that finished Lim's record off at uh, 6-13, and 13, similar to RKR. Uh, but a, a big win for Chilo, obviously, a playoff-bound team. So uh, that will uh, go a long way for him. What are your thoughts on this matchup, Garth? Uh, I mean, all of those points were in the weekend. Uh, if, I, if, I, if my math is even partially right, 90 of 122 points were scored between Saturday and Sunday. Now, that's, that's the kind of burst potential that can get you wins in the playoffs when you can just sort of sneak up you know, almost rope-a-dope your way through. And let's be honest, we're talking about the Vase here. So having people come into the weekend with 30 points isn't necessarily out of touch. Um, so yeah, if you can if you can drop 90 on someone who's sitting at 30 looking for 45, then sure, you can win. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it just reinforces what uh, we've said a lot this year about Lim, which is that he has sort of this sneaky giant killer potential where he can just sort of turn it on uh, very randomly in spurts and put up surprisingly large point totals. So uh, one weekend is is good, but if he's able to do that for an entire postseason matchup, I mean, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Tillo's perspective, though, it's a, another good weekend, another good victory. Uh, he had the division locked up before this, but uh, I'm sure he wanted to go into the uh, postseason on a, a high note. Uh, and he did, and thanks in large part to his pitching, 178 points just from the pitching. So that's a great week for him there. Do you think that Tillo is a, a team that uh, is sort of primed for the playoffs now? Oh, absolutely. Um, like his pitching is good, but there there are pieces in his offense that are have the potential to just blow a game wide open or blow a matchup wide open, as it were. Um, so he's he's got that well balanced approach. He's got you know above average bullpen. He's got above average starting. He's got above average offense, and that's a lot of above average to be dealing with on any given week. A good balanced approach will typically hold through better than a, a spiky one. Mm. Yeah, uh, balance is important, and Tillo has that, and he also has those game changers, like you mentioned. So there's really a, a bunch of different ways he can come at you. It will come down to whether or not Chris Sale comes back and and is healthy and productive, though, I think. Mm, uh, That could very much be the difference. I agree. Uh, So we we talked about Lim. Uh, We can also talk about Jeffrey Chow, uh, our old friend. He was taking on Jamil, uh, and he did indeed lose this matchup. He put up 147.4, whereas Jamil put up 238. Uh, so that secured Chow's spot in the Vaz competition and knocked Lim and Ash, who were both 6-13, uh, up into the Europa League. Uh, so that's exciting for them. Uh, but obviously, uh, between Chow and Jamil, uh, Jamil was the, the better team and put in a, a good effort as he heads into... A tough first round matchup. Uh, Garth, do you have thoughts about either of these teams? Uh, 
I'm I'm not going to talk about Chow. I've talked about it in the past and enough. I think um, I like Jamil's team. Uh, I I like the I like the approach that he's taken on on his offense while being able to sort of hold his own on on the pitching side specifically. Um, Nadia Valdi, I think, is a is a bit of a risk in Boston, so I'm curious to see how that's going to hold out. Um, but I think he also needs to see you know above average expected quality outcomes from Tanner Roark and David Price specifically, who have been good so far. Um, but I'm curious to see how that's going to hold up. Trevor Cahill has been a, a phenomenon all season. The last outing wasn't that great, but uh, I'm, I'm, the Oakland magic is real. You got to believe in, in the A's on, on this mm. one. Uh, I think one of the things that's interesting to note about Jamil's team, we talked about it a little bit with Ryan too, the idea of coming into the playoffs hot. If you look at Jamil's last five point totals, since he made just a bunch of trades at the uh, the All-Star break, he's had 264, 379, 204, 340, and 238 points uh, in his matchups. So, I mean, aside from that dip in the middle, he's looked very good, especially with those two well above 300 point weeks. I mean, that's huge. That can easily be the, the difference in a playoff matchup. And I think Jamil just needs to get his team to fire off a big week in round one, and then anything is possible from there. Absolutely. It does beg the question what uh, Boston's going to do with J.D. Martinez. If they walk away with this division even more, we might see some maintenance time on J.D. Martinez as far as actual playing time is concerned. Mm, that's, uh, that's interesting. I had not considered that uh, possibility. Obviously, J.D. Martinez has been uh, huge for Jamil this season, so uh, I think he'd hope that point stream continues for him. I bet he's hoping too. A mm-hmm. uh, couple more matchups we can touch on uh, in Week 20. Uh, I was in a matchup with Garth McInnes. Uh, both of our teams had been eliminated for the playoffs, so it was really a question of Europa seeding here, which can be important in that competition. You obviously want a, an easier first-round matchup, and I was able to come out on top uh, with 270.8 points to 239 for Garth McInnes. Uh, so it was a, a decently scored matchup on the whole. Uh, I mean, I have thoughts on this, but Garth, I'm gonna gonna let you go first on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, the the scores are both both high. Um, I mean, it's 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 kind of a, a hallmark of a top half Europa team, which is to say, you've got generally speaking a winning record, and you've got the the ability to put up you know two forty, two fifty, two sixty on any given week. And if you hit a team on a on a low uh, on a low week, you're absolutely pulling out that victory. So this was this is a classic, you know, matchup between two Europa teams, and quite frankly, could even represent the finals. I haven't actually looked at how the seedings work out, but it wouldn't surprise me to see one, if not both, of you in the finals, if that's if that's reasonable. Um, again, we're, we've got you know the, a good combination of of offense and and defense on on Garth's team specifically, uh, Corey Kluber, Blake Snell. That's friggin' scary to to face and by the sounds of it, I might be facing it in week two of the, uh, of the Europa if things shake out. Um, for me, though, the, the player that I am most impressed with on his team has been Aaron Hicks. Um, I know he's not a routine scoring top end, but the man just seems to be able to do everything. And I, every time I'm, I'm watching him, he, he pulls out something. I'm waiting for him to just light up a, a matchup any one of these times. And then, you know, Chapman... Labor Torres, Rail Muto, they can all do that as well. You, sir, your team should have been better than it was this year. You know it. 
we've talked about it in the past as well. Um, but you've got the kinds of people that should be just driving tombstones into the ground against your opponents. And I mean, the Altuve injuries hurt. Um, you know, the pitching didn't necessarily measure up all year long. Jacob deGrom not getting a win for what, roughly three months in the middle there didn't didn't help, though the numbers are always solid. Mm. I don't know. I don't know where it fall down, my friend. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the compliment uh, about my team nonetheless. I mean, it's true. Uh, I really wish my pitching had, had performed for most of the season like it did in this matchup. It felt like they could do no wrong, and whoever I started went out and, and had a good outing. But, uh, you know, it was a, a little bit too little too late, but I was still happy to put up the point total I did. Uh, I didn't end up, up streaming uh, any additional pitchers above my seven, which was interesting because uh, Garth M made a furious comeback on the Sunday, 75 points, almost uh, made me a little bit nervous when I, I checked the score there, but uh, it was still good to get a win. Happy to finish the season with a, a winning record. That's always nice. And uh, looking forward to the Europa competition where hopefully now that my team is substantially healthier than it was before and looks to be getting healthier still, uh, I will have a, a good shot of ending up in the finals, like you said. Uh, and just, uh, you know, Garth M has had a, a good team. He's had his struggles. He's finished right around 500 again for another season, like he's cursed to for all eternity. But uh, I don't think he can be too upset just based on, you know, the overall quality of his team compared to some of the others. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what he does with this team in the offseason. I know he's a guy who uh, really focuses on getting good keepers. Uh, and having keepers that are, you know, a, a solid slate that'll be the core of his team in the future. So interesting to see who pick, he picks out of this current roster. Yeah, I think he's on average one good draft away from taking a run at it. I mean, obviously that's about the only thing he really can do because there's not a lot of in-season activity. But if he if he gets a couple of sort of lottery ticket wins in those mid to late picks, he could be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely. Uh, although I will say it does feel like that's true more years than not. So hopefully one of these days, his ship will indeed come in. Well, I mean, if you look at his minor leagues, he's got more than enough truly scary people down there just waiting to come up in Kopech and Senzel and Bo Bichette. Mm. Uh, it's true. He's got a, a lot of talent there. Uh, we got to move on, though. We got other matchups to talk about. Uh, this is a very exciting one. Uh, the potential uh, playoff matchup that has stakes higher than any other, uh, the showdown between Mike uh, Mike Kaminsky and the Illuminati and Flex Fox. Uh, round one, though, in the, uh, uh, the showdown in the uh, regular season, uh, you know, it uh, could have been a, a big matchup. Obviously, it wasn't really for anything, but Mike Kaminsky did still come out on top 308.3 points, which was the only above 300 point total this week to 287.3 for Flex. So a very close result between two teams at the top of their game. Uh, what can you even say after a matchup like this, Garth? I mean, this is this is Drago versus Rocky. This is two guys just swinging as hard as they can from round one all the way through to round 15. And this time, Mike came out on top, which, again, it's it's a puncher's puncher's chance every single time these two go at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, like we were saying earlier, there are lots of rivalries in our, our league, but this has to be one of the most storied ones. Uh, it seems like these guys put up a, a good matchup every time they face each other, so it's uh, always exciting to see. 
big win for Kaminsky, obviously. I know he currently is in Poland, so that uh, affects his ability to manage his lineup actively, but I think it's just a testament to the quality of his players that he's able to put up such a, a high point total. And, you know, if I'm flex, I, I might be a little nervous after this one. Uh, it seems like both these teams perform near their absolute best, and Kaminsky's was a little bit better. So if I'm I'm flex, maybe I'm sweating a little bit. Maybe I'm, you know, looking for some minor upgrades, taking a look at the bullpen, but it's going to be tough, honestly, with the the playoffs here. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Before we uh, before we advance past, I just want to go ahead and uh, you know show a little pride in uh, in the division here. Uh, Redacted had four teams at better than five hundred this year. Mm. I think that's worth pointing out. That's very impressive, uh, especially considering the all the divisional matchups having that many teams uh, above five hundred is impressive. Do you feel that Redacted was the the toughest division in the league this year? Well, I mean, the, the records sort of hold themselves uh, as proof of, of that. I mean, the evil division of evil, yours, your division there with, uh, with Jeremiah, obviously was, was a tough go, but I don't know. You, gotta, you, you guys got to bring some, <laughs> some more heat to these competitions, I think. Uh, clearly, I mean, it was Garth, Garth McInnes with that loss who really held us back, uh, finishing below 500 there. But I mean, it's the, the divisional structure is obviously a lot of fun, uh, and it builds in some good rivalries, but uh, it's interesting to see that both evil division of evil and redacted were sort of, you know, teams with a lot of strength where it really could have gone any way. Uh, and the the other two divisions, twice, twice the division, uh, Jeffrey Jungle, more of a sort of Giants and Minnows approach. They had some very good teams, but also a, a real fall off towards the bottom. So it's interesting how uh, the division sort of sh- shook themselves out this year. Yep, agreed. Uh, we got two more matchups we can talk about in Week 20. Uh, I guess we'll take the, the more boring one first. We've got uh, Ash and Akusia squaring off in a Vaz preview. Uh, and it was a pretty good matchup all around uh, if you look at the overall point totals because we've got Ash with 259.3 points to 221.1 for Akusia. So, I mean, decent results from both these teams. Uh, Garth, do you have a, a favorite between these two? Do you think one's going to do better in the, the Vaz than the other? Um, I mean, for a good long time there, I thought Akusia was going to make make a run straight into Europa and then break some hearts on her way up on that. Um, and the pitching staff is still good enough to be able to do just that. The offense has sort of fallen off a little bit, but she's got the pieces that again can turn it on. If if Adam Duvall finally you know figures out what he's doing in Atlanta, that's that's an extra fifteen to twenty points on top of what was already a pretty impressive score on the week. Um, I mean, I like a couple of the players that that are on the Moneyballers here, but I mean, I don't know. Like after after Arenado and Baez, there's not a lot here. Like, can we really rely on Kevin Gausman to be good in Atlanta? We haven't been able to rely on him being good for four years. What's what's going to change? Um, but again, we're talking the Vase. So in the Vase, yep, you can you can win a Vase matchup with 175 points. Both these teams are more than capable of doing that. So we we could see some good competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you hit the the nail on the head here. Ash has some good individuals, a couple of real decent uh, bats especially, but there's just such a fall off with the rest of his team. He does not have a, a supporting cast at all. His pitching is is 
very actively bad. So uh, that's that was a real holdup for him this season. And, uh, you know, he's a team that if he had it's impressive that he went six and 13 with the, the players he did. I mean, if he had had better players, he could have done a lot better, but there's a, a good chance he could have also done a lot worse, uh, which is interesting. Uh, and Akusia has had some bad luck. She's had some, you know, bad weeks where the, the points just weren't there, but uh, I think she's a, a team that should not be taken lightly, even though she finished uh, last in the regular season. She does have that potential to, to have a good weekend to really make you work for a win. So, uh, I think whoever ends up facing her in the vase will need to uh, watch out a little bit. Agreed. Uh, but that brings us right to our final matchup uh, of Week 20. Uh, it's uh, another one where the, the stakes were not that high, but uh, interesting to see nonetheless because we have Jeremiah taking on Chris Kennedy. Uh, Jeremiah is, in fact, the team that pulls out the win here, uh, finishing the 18-1 and season, uh, only one loss, but... Uh, he wins this one 255.6 to 175.6 for Chris Kennedy. Uh, Garth, what's your analysis of this matchup? Well, I mean, you know, despite the number of times that Jeremiah tries to humble brag his way through, you know, not always having a win in, in hand, um, this one probably didn't make him feel uh, too frightened at all. I mean, even early in the week when uh, when Chris had his, his sort of best best night he was already playing catch up because jeremiah was already up 40 points before you know the second night so i mean good for jeremiah for for closing it out i saw a couple of the pickups seem to be more focused on looking ahead as opposed to dealing with uh with sort of the the task at hand but i mean when you're 18 and one you can do those sorts of things absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it it would be easy to sort of razz jeremiah about the the 255 point total which was not quite as good as some of his playoff contemporaries but you're right that he was very clearly focused on uh playoff setup here and and was not seeing this matchup as a real threat to him uh and chris sadly uh, another loss uh team that started off hot and then completely fell off so uh, unfortunate for him as he sort of limps to a, a seven and twelve record, but uh, yeah, neither of these teams had much to play for at the end of the regular season, and it's just a, a question of postseason success potentially for both of them. Yep, uh, indeed. So that's uh, that's going to do it for week twenty and for the regular season at large. Uh, very exciting time. Uh, we can talk about the the playoff matchups in a sec here, Garth. Uh, but as you probably saw earlier today uh, in the content channel on Slack, I uh, did a quick little informal poll, uh, an anonymous one, uh, to sort of get a, a sense of the overall Grecian chorus view of these playoff teams, uh, and specifically who uh, the the users, the owners writ large, would want and would not want to face in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and so uh, I'm happy to, to share those results here and, and discuss them a little bit with you. Uh, the least, the, the playoff team you would least want to face in the first round uh, was the much less interesting poll. Uh, we had 10 responses in both polls. Uh, and in that one, we had four votes for Kaminsky, uh, not wanting to face him in the first round. We had zero votes for Tillo. And we had one vote for every other owner. So... Uh, 
I, I think it's safe to presume at least some owners voted for themselves in this one. Uh, it is a little bit interesting to see Kaminsky was the only multi-vote getter, uh, but I think that's just a reflection of his Week 20 win and, and beating Flex that sort of makes him seem like the team to beat this postseason. Uh, yeah, and uh, there was um, some napkin math analysis that I did uh, earlier this week, or it was it late last week, I guess. Um, but uh, Kaminsky's team, actually, his makeup, he has more of the sort of high point getting players uh, collected on his squad than any other team. So when we're talking about a one week matchup, the burst performance can absolutely be terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I saw that math you did on Slack. Very interesting. Uh, And you're right. I mean, if you look at the guys who are just absolutely at the top of fantasy baseball this season, a lot of them are on Kaminsky's team. And in a one week matchup, like you said, that's a that's a scary prospect. Uh, but that brings us to the question of what playoff team would you most want to face in the first round? If you could pick your opponent, who would you be going up against? Uh, and a little bit more interesting of a vote distribution here. Uh, again, 10 votes. Uh, we had four votes for Jathish. We had two votes each for Jamil and Cam. Uh, we had one vote for Ryan, and we had one vote for Jeremiah. Uh, so that's a, a little bit interesting. Uh, Garth, which which of these teams, I guess, first of all, would you be wanting to face? Uh, me personally, it'd probably actually be Cam at this point. Um, he's he's stumbling pretty hard and hasn't been able to put stuff together as consistently as as we might like. Um, ironically, you know, if if the team you want to face the least is the big burst one, then your heavy, low consistent one would be the one you want to face. And to me, that feels like that that's Cam right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see really the arguments for both Jathish and Cam. Uh, they have not exactly had the sort of the high point totals recently that the other teams have. They've been able to get wins, but uh, a lot of them have been much more narrow. Uh, and in Jathish's case, there has been some wild inconsistency this season, uh, not in terms of sort of upward performance, but just the floor dropping out on weeks. Uh, and Cam's experienced that a little bit recently too. So I can definitely see picking either of those teams uh, as a first round opponent. Uh, the Jamil votes, I don't understand quite as much. Like I, I guess in the sense that he has a, an unenviable first round matchup coming up. Uh, that's That's a little bit unfortunate, but I don't think that diminishes the quality of him as an opponent. Like we said earlier, he's got a, a very robust team and all he needs is one of those, you know, 300 plus point weeks. Uh, and he's uh, out of the first round. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, so with that all noted, oh, uh, one other interesting note uh, I I noted this was that uh, Tillo was not voted most want to face or least want to face. He got zero votes in both polls. Uh, the only person for which that is true. So I guess that means he's the true middle of the pack opponent. I mean, if you're the number three seed, it sort of makes some sense. Hmm. Uh, okay, but so this brings us to the first week of the postseason, uh, playoffs week one. Uh, and I think it's only fair that we start from the bottom and we work our way up uh, in terms of talking about these matchups. Uh, so that brings us to the Vaz competition. Uh, it's four teams, obviously, the bottom four teams in the playoffs. The winner gets the number one overall draft pick. Uh, and we can start here with the, the number... 17 versus number 20 or number one versus number four, however you want to count it, matchup between RKR and Akusia. 
Uh, and so in this semifinal, as of Monday night, uh, it's Arcare who's taking the early lead with 13.5 points to negative 1.9 for Akusia. Not a great start there. Uh, Garth, who you got? Um, I, 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 I'm not as studied up on this, uh, this matchup as I might like to be. Um, but I mean, I, I look at the, the talent that RKR is throwing out there in, in his offense. And, and I just don't know that Akusi is going to be able to, to battle that with her, uh, with her pitching. So I gotta say, I'm going for the favorite on this one. Mm. Uh, I think likewise, I mean, obviously for sentimental reasons, I'd love to see Akusia win and and to see the worst team win out uh, and take the number one draft pick again, but it uh, does not seem to be uh, the most likely outcome here. Uh, RKR has a, just a much better team in terms of overall talent, and uh, I think he's got a, a fairly good chance of winning this one. So barring a, a huge comeback from Akusia, I think RKR has got this one. But flipping over to the other semifinal, we've got Aiden taking on Jeffrey Chow in the 18 versus 19 or 2 versus 3 matchup. Uh, this one should be a, a very exciting one. Uh, and right now, Aiden is up 7.2 points to 6.4 for Chow. So it's uh, close still uh, on Monday. Uh, Garth, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, well, Chow's got two starts already in the bag, so... He's already arguably at a bit of a disadvantage. Brett Anderson didn't didn't do well. Um, I mean, there nothing would make me happier than seeing Chow just done in the first round. The just stop the the uh, the narrative of you know getting that first overall pick after a, a season of we'll just say questionable choices. Hmm. Uh... Likewise, I mean, I think the narrative uh, sort of for a long time was that Chow was going to maybe struggle in the regular season more, but then somehow come alive, come playoff time and, and really come to dominate the, the Vaz competition. Uh, but I, I think there's a good argument that might not be happening uh, and that he his team might have sunk a little too far to rebound so suddenly. Uh, I think Aiden uh, actually has a, a very good chance in this matchup. Uh, he's got you know, a, a decent team and he's got some good matchups coming up this week. So uh, I think that this should be a competitive matchup uh, all the way down to the end, but I think I do like Aiden to win it after all. Mm-hmm. By uh, is, is there some league rule that, uh, that Aiden for the, uh, for the value of his current team, Nate, that he has to go out and grab Tyler Skaggs off the FA? Uh, that's a, a good question. Uh, as the current owner of Skaggs, I would be happy to uh, arrange a trade with Aiden to make his, his team name veritable again. Uh, okay. he, he definitely deserves Skaggs, I would say. But you know what? I, I appreciate teams not changing their name because every time I log on to ESPN, I just get so damn confused about who's who nowadays. So you know what? The consistency is appreciated with Aiden, even if it's not the most accurate team name anymore. Agreed. Uh, but that brings us to the Europa competition, uh, an eight-team competition uh, for the, the eight middlest teams in the league uh, with some sort of monetary prize at the end. I don't really remember. It's not important. You just want to win it. Uh, we can uh, start by talking about your matchup, Garth Newton, because you are the number one seed in this competition. Uh, you're taking on Jeffrey Lim here, who just sort of sneaked out of the Vaz and into the Europa. Uh, that might make you sort of the, the heavy favorite in this one, except right now Lim does have the advantage, 19.9 points to negative one point you. So not a, not a great Monday on your end. Uh, do you feel confident that you'll be able to turn the tide in this matchup, though? 
Um, I think I'll make it competitive at the very least. Uh, I do think that I have the uh, talent, for lack of a better term, to uh, to eke out the win in the end. But I will say that if Trey Mancini keeps doing what he's doing with five RBI nights, then there's no team anywhere that's got a chance <laughs> in hell. Uh, yeah, that uh, Trey Mancini, huge 15-point day-to-day, uh, largely responsible for Lim's point surge here. So, uh, you know, props to him. Uh, but uh, I do think that you're going to be able to win this matchup. You've got the the better team on paper. And, you know, there's, the, there's a reason you got so close to the, the playoffs. You've got a, a good team overall. And like we said earlier, a very consistent one. And I think that's going to go a long way in the Europa. So I think you are going to probably make a, a pretty good run in this competition. Here's hoping. Uh, but we can talk about next the two versus seven matchup, which in fact features myself, the number two seed in the Europa competition. I'm taking on Ash, who likewise only snuck out of the Vaz competition uh, in the last week of the season. It's a, a lower scoring matchup so far with 8.8 points for myself to 4.6 for Ash. Uh, before I go ahead and pick myself, uh, Garth, do you have any thoughts about this matchup? Uh, I think it's going to come down to basically what the studs can do against each other. This this feels like it's the retiring heavyweight bat sort of fight where everybody's just putting everything they've got into the three punches they've got in the first round, and then it's just who who's least tired come the, the 15th when we're all said and done. Um, I, I like your chances, though. Um, I, I I like what your pitching staff has has been doing of late, and and I honestly think what it's going to do going forward. I think Mike Fires in Oakland is just a rel- a revelation and something that uh, needs to be watched. As is Cole Hamels in the Cubs. That man has no business finding extra velocity on his fastball this late in his career. <laughs> what an ass hat. Um. So yeah, no, my my. My pick is is you on on this matchup for sure. Yeah, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, Got to give props to my boy Cole Hamels, who has has decided all of a sudden to be good again. Uh, love that turnaround. Uh, if it was a matchup won solely by pitching, I would feel very confident about my chances. Still feel pretty confident about my chances. Uh, I do have uh, especially some good pitching matchups late in, later in the week, uh, which should go a long way in helping me. And overall, you know, the the team is working uh, right now, and uh, uh, hopefully that momentum keeps going in the Europa, and I'm able to sort of cruise through this first-round matchup against Ash. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, the next matchup we can talk about uh, from the Europa competition, uh, we got Garth McInnes and Chris Kennedy, who are in the, the middle of the middle uh, and are now facing each other. We've got Garth M uh, coming out with a, a good Monday showing of 15.8 points to 2.5 for Chris Kennedy. So Garth M has the lead here. Uh, other Garth, do you think your Garth comrade will be able to uh, to get a win here in the first round of Europa? Yeah, I really do. I think this is Garth's matchup to lose. Um, I'm, I'll just cut it short and sweet and say I'm looking forward to facing him in round two. Mm, uh, Battle of the Garths coming up. Uh, very excited for that. I do feel lame picking all the overseeds in the in this tournament, but uh, I think you're right. Garth M is just the better team here, and uh, Chris Kennedy has struggled mightily as of late. Uh, so uh, it's hard to see him being a, a real Europa threat in this competition, and. Uh, I think Garth M will be able to take care of business here and, and set up that matchup we're all looking forward to seeing. Let, let's go. Uh, we've got one more Europa matchup before we get to the main event. Uh, this is the 
one between uh, Ian and respect for the game. Uh, Ian obviously disappointed to not be in the playoffs, but will be looking for a measure of revenge and uh, to restart his winning ways here in Europa. Uh, and he's got a, a good opening here with 11.8 points to 5.7 for respect for the game. Uh, Garth, who's your pick for this matchup? Yeah, I'm I'm going to stick with the, the division pride on this one. Um, I do think this is Ian's to lose as well. Um, you know, the uh, the run did come up just a little bit short, but I think he's got more than enough pieces to be able to uh, leap over this small hurdle of respect for the game. Mm. Uh, I think I agree with you too, uh, in large part just because of how bad respect for the game has been lately. And it's been such a downturn. I think Ian should be able to, to take care of business here. Uh, it's unfortunate that he's not in the playoffs, but if there's one thing Ian has been able to do this season, it's win. And so I think that uh, on that metric, he will indeed be able to win here in Europa and set up a, a very interesting Europa second round. Against you. Against myself, in fact. Yes, that's what makes it interesting. I'm in it. <laughs> uh, okay, playoff time, baby. We got big matchups. We've been speculating about these for weeks. We know who's facing who now. Officially, it's confirmed, uh, and they're underway. Uh, we've got a, a hot start going on on Monday night. Uh, we'll start, I guess, with the, the number one seed, as we did in Europa, uh, and that is Jeremiah Johnson. Finished first in the league, 18-1. and one. Uh, going up against Jathish, 11-8. and eight. Will Jeremiah take loss number two in the first round of the playoffs? No, he won't. Jathish is not part of the redacted uh, division and therefore does not have the means to take out Jeremiah. Okay. Uh, it, it's got to be a redacted member to redact Jeremiah. Uh, I like that theory. Uh, I do think there's something incredibly poetic about Jeremiah losing in the first round. Uh, I I would very much like to see that uh, for those reasons. Uh, I don't know if Jathish is the guy to do it, though. I mean, he's obviously very lucky to have made it into the, the playoffs. Uh, he won when he needed to, which is great. But overall, his team just seems to be a, a real decided step below uh, the other seven teams in this tournament. So it's hard to see him upsetting the number one seed in the first round. And he really does not have the, the Cinderella background that you would expect uh from a, a team that's looking to to run the gauntlet like that so uh, i think unfortunately jeremiah is going to be in round two although things will get much more interesting from there indeed uh kendrick's morales's uh home run streak uh a week too early for uh for our friend jathish mm, uh sad but true in fact uh but Next up, we've got the number two overall seed uh, in these playoffs, and that is the uh, Flex Fox family uh, regular season champion, Flex Fox himself, uh, who's taking on Jamil here in a, a much herald, heralded matchup, uh, something I know a lot of people are talking about. And it's Flex. He's got the lead right now at 16.2 points to negative 1.5 for Jamil. Uh, what are, are your thoughts? Will the, the Husan Alliance be able to... Um, have its captain advance to round two? I mean, it's possible. Uh, he certainly has the pieces that can put it together, but I mean, the seeding's the seeding for the right reasons, right? Like, it's it's hard not to pick favorites because they're really just the better teams. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. 
I know Jamil has sort of been locked into this match for a while and he's been really stealing himself. Uh, I, we didn't recognize this earlier in the podcast, but this is Jamil's whatever consecutive season making the postseason. So uh, that's impressive, mm. uh, his ongoing Absolutely. streak. Uh, this is a tough matchup, though. Uh, Jamil knows it. We all know it. Uh, it's also a tough matchup for Flex. Uh, he's got a, a real fighter in Jamil. So I can definitely see a situation in which Jamil is able to bring out a, a big point total and win the week. Uh, so I don't by any means think it's a, a one-sided one, but I think as of right now, you have to see it as being uh, flex uh, as the favorite here. Uh, and I, th- yeah, there's good reason for, for flex being the higher seed, like you said. So I just got to think that he'll be able to uh, win this one and, and advance. Uh, so next up, we've got the number three overall seed uh, in the playoffs, uh, who I guess is Richard Tillo by virtue of being a, uh, a proper division champion. Uh, but Tillo is taking on sort of the other theoretical number three seed, who is Mike Kaminsky, uh, the most feared playoff team, apparently. Uh, it's a, a close matchup so far, but not a high scoring one because Tillo is up 1.9 to 1.3 from Mike Kaminsky. This, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think this is going to be the closest matchup of the first round, but, uh, who you got in it? Um, well, assuming that this advances past a wet spaghetti fight, um, I do think that, uh, my boys from redacted are going to come out on, on top, uh, in all of their matchups, obviously, but, uh, specifically I, I, I do like, uh, Kaminsky's chance at, at just taking down Tillo. Yeah, I agree though. This will be the most contested matchup of the week. Um, and at this rate, it should, uh, barely top 10 overall points, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I I think this is this is the matchup that uh, that Kaminsky's sort of burst performance is is set up for. Um, Eddie might tire himself out, so to speak, uh, before the next one. But uh, I don't know. I, I'd have to look a little closer at at the pitching matchups over the course of the week. But I just I just feel like the the depth and the the talent that Kaminsky is able to throw out there this week is going to be on top. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this is a tremendously close matchup. Uh, I'll say right off the bat, just for narrative reasons, uh, I really want Kaminsky to win uh, and set up a desirable second round matchup between himself and Flex Fox. Uh, we all want to see that the slap heard around the world. Uh, Tillo though does have a, a good chance in this matchup. He's no slouch. He's a, a strong team who's been getting stronger throughout the season and neither of these teams have a real hole. So it just comes down to, uh, you know, who can really deliver uh, when the time is right. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, just overall, that team has to be Mike Kaminsky, uh, who has that burst potential, who's got the the top guys, and in a lot of ways is just a, a little bit better than Tillo here. Uh, and so I think that Kaminsky will win and, and do, will, in fact, set up that second-round matchup. Uh, but our final matchup here uh, in the first round of the playoffs is uh, an old sort of faux rivalry renewed uh, between Cam McInnes and Ryan Neeson. Uh, Ryan obviously uh, powered his way into the playoffs. Cam sort of snuck in at the at the last. Uh, and it's Ryan who's coming out with power on Monday, 25.8 points to 8.2 for Cam. Uh, it's a twice-the-division show-off playoff style. Uh, 
but who do you like in this one, Garth? Uh, I, I love the upset on this. I think, uh, I think this is Ryan's to, uh, to take. Um, I mean, where the hell does David Hess get off with that 18 points tonight? Honestly, like that, that's just a sign. It's a sign of things to come. Um, but I, I do think Ryan's gonna, gonna be able to just keep this, this hot streak going. And, uh, I, I really like, really like him in a blowout. I, I think this is going to be much like we were talking about the previous one being the, the closest one. I don't think this one's going to be close. I think this is Ryan by 75 plus. Mm, uh, interesting. Uh, I like the, the added confidence of adding a, a margin on that one. Uh, I don't, the one thing I would disagree with you on is I don't know if that counts as an upset. I'd think that the majority of league owners would definitely pick Ryan to win this matchup. Uh, Cam has just, you know, he's fallen, very far since the the trade deadline, his team just has not clicked. But despite that, I think I'm going to stick with him. I think I'm going to pick him to pull off the real upset uh, of beating Ryan because I think in a lot of ways, you know, Cam has historically just found ways to get it done when it matters. He's got the the championship ring for a reason, and uh, I think that it would be interesting to see how he would pull his way out of this scenario i'm not claiming he's going to be the better team but it could be a a situation where both teams stall midweek and it ends up in a a low 200 showdown and i think cam might have a slight edge there so i'm gonna pick cam to to win and pull off the upset and be a, a real wild card heading into round two can't wait to see uh, indeed, but I think that's going to do it. Uh, that's all our matchups. Garth, uh, thank you again for being such a great guest. I know we all love your, uh, your unique insights on the league and uh, always happy to hear from you. Appreciate it. Uh, are there any other uh, parting thoughts you have before we end this episode? Uh, parting thoughts? No, not really. Um, you know, sad I couldn't make the, uh, the, the final ascension into the into the third different playoff bracket in, uh, in three consecutive years. But, uh, you know, I was at the bottom of Europa last year at the top this year, and we'll see how that holds out. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take you down to do it, sir. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to the challenge no matter what, uh, love, love to take you on, but, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, hope you're all enjoying watching these playoffs and, We've got much more weekly show content to come in the near future, so stay tuned for that. But for now, all i got to say to you is good night and good fantasy.